Welcome to the St. James Sermon Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. I want to invite you now to join us as we dive into God's Word in Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. Hear God's Word through the Apostle Paul as he's writing to the church in Philippi. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And then jumping down to the end of verse 18. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and through God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is by far better. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Would you join me in prayer, please? Almighty God, we thank you for these words, these passionate words of the Apostle Paul and your passion for us to internalize them for our lives. God, we pray that your spirit would set us free in new ways today. And we ask that you would do that as we encounter your word and as we encounter you in Jesus' name. Amen. Life is not fair. In fact, I heard a poet once uh, was talking to a friend of his and he was frustrated and he said, life isn't fair. And his friend said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, a banker can write a bad poem and nobody cares. But a poet can write a bad check and everybody gets upset. You see, we don't need a global pandemic to tell us that life is not fair. But few things drive the point home more than our experience in a pandemic. The challenges that we face, the way life where there's upheaval in our lives, where there are things that happen and we we say, God, why have you allowed that to happen? And of course, we don't need a pandemic for those experiences. We have those experiences beyond a pandemic. Those moments in in our lives where we say, God, how can you let this happen? And yet, if we think about it, the reality is that as we think about what is fair, we are often on the positive end of that equation. That there are many people in the world who experience things that are unfair and difficult circumstances and hardships simply by virtue of where they were born and and where they live. That's one of the reasons I'm so grateful and so proud that our St. James Church family 
has become a partner with an international justice mission field office in Uganda, where day in and day out, they are working to set people free. They are working against forces of injustice and unfair circumstances, the like that most of us will never experience in our lives. But the reality is it is an experience of life. How do we make our way through difficult challenges? Certainly the Apostle Paul knows what it means. As we read Paul's words, he's writing them from a Roman jail. He was thrown there unjustly. And he is there wondering what the future will hold. His future is uncertain. In fact, we're told that he's not only in the jail, but that he is being held by chains. And he is being guarded by the elite Praetorian guard on each side, each one chained to him, that he is held in captivity, that he has lost all privacy, that it's discouraging and demoralizing and dehumanizing. And yet the Apostle Paul lives in this moment and writes to the church in Philippi with tremendous freedom. How do we live our lives being completely free, even in the midst of unfair circumstances and challenges. And God shows us how to do that. You see, I believe God wants to set you free today. That God desires to set us free in ways beyond maybe what we've ever experienced. See, you might not be in physical chains, or you might be. You might be watching this or listening incarcerated. But the majority of us experience different kinds of chains that detain us. Emotional chains, financial chains, relational chains, mental chains that hold us back. And God wants us to live and function in freedom. How do we do that? Well, God shows us through the Apostle Paul that he does it through the alchemy of God and the primacy of Christ. Let me share what I mean by that. First, the alchemy of God. Twice in this passage, the Apostle Paul says, because of what's happened to me. Now, some of you remember the meaning of alchemy. That back in the Middle Ages, alchemists would would take a piece of lead and, and they would say, how do we turn this lead into gold? Because you see, they, would, they saw lead and they would hold lead and they would see this is undesirable. There's nothing desirable about lead. There's nothing useful. That There's nothing about this lead that we want. But if we can turn this lead into gold, then we've got something. And with all their attempts, no one was able to do it. But what the Apostle Paul is saying is that God is the true alchemist that he takes that which is undesirable. He takes those challenging and undesirable circumstances in our lives and he turns them into gold. And we see that throughout scripture, don't we? We see that with people like Joseph in the book of Genesis. Joseph, who was annoying to his brothers and his brothers sold him off into slavery and, and he was carted off to Egypt and things went from bad to worse for Joseph and he landed in jail. And yet God was at work through all of that. And and it was even despite and even 
because of the circumstances he was in that God used it to raise Joseph to become the prime minister of Egypt, second in charge, only second to the Pharaoh. And Joseph was able not only to save Egypt, but to save his own family. And at the end of the story, his brothers approached him and Joseph said, what you intended for evil, God used for good. What you intended for evil, God turned to gold. And so the Apostle Paul here says twice in verse 12 and in verse 19, he uses the phrase, what has happened to me? And he's talking about the situation that he is in being imprisoned in Rome. And the first time he says in verse 12, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to declare the gospel without fear. Do you see what's happening here? that the Apostle Paul would far rather be out moving from city to city, proclaiming the gospel, planting churches, seeing the kingdom of God break into the kingdoms of the world. But he finds himself now in this prison cell, chained to these guards. And yet what Paul says is, well, my location may have changed, but my mission stays the same. That they might think that they are holding me captive, But instead, what's happening is these elite Praetorian guards are captive to me, chained to me. And so as they would change from shift to shift, new guards coming in with each shift, Paul would use the opportunity to proclaim the gospel. He would use the opportunity to say, let me tell you about Jesus who set me free. Let me tell you about Jesus who can set you free. And what we know is that some of those guards accepted Christ. They, they heard the gospel. They accepted the gospel and became part of the community of the church there in Rome. Not only were these guards who were at the very center of the Roman Empire coming to Christ and hearing the gospel, but the church itself, we're told, became all the more bold because Paul was in chains and proclaiming the gospel there. And so Paul says God was working his alchemy, taking the undesirable situations, circumstances, challenges he was experiencing, and he was turning them into gold. In the same way, in verse 19, he says, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Now, it's fascinating that word deliverance in the Greek is sozo. It's every single other time it is used in the New Testament, it's translated salvation. And yet here it's for deliverance. And the idea is that Paul is praying for, he's hoping that he will be delivered. He'll be set free from prison and be able to go back out in his ministry, go back out and visit the church in Philippi. But we think that it actually means more than that that even more than Paul wanting to be set free from that jail, Paul recognizes that Jesus is continuing his saving work in his life. That throughout other places in the New Testament, Paul writes, he recognizes that Jesus is continuing to do a work in him, making him more and more to become the man that God's called him to be, making him more humble, 
making him more Christ-like. That, that he is working, that the Spirit of God and the prayers of God's people are working for Paul's ongoing, continuing salvation. It's what Paul referred to earlier in the letter in verse 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Isn't that what you found in your life? I've certainly found it in my life. It's in those challenging moments, even those undesirable moments, that God uses those moments to bring about his goal, to bring about his transformation. That over the course of my life, I've experienced times when I've felt like unfair vocational challenges, unfair financial challenges, unfair relationship challenges, unfair challenges, health challenges. And, and it's in those moments in my life that I've most experienced the Spirit of God at work transforming me, making me into a different person, making me more Christ-like. I have a long way to go, but I'm grateful that our alchemist God takes the challenges we experience, even when we may not see it in the moment, and he uses it to bring about his gold. What is God doing in your life? How is God wanting to take the circumstances or the challenges that you're experiencing right now? And how might he be using that to create gold for his purposes and for his glory? You see, Paul was able to live completely free, even though he had chains. He lived free in the gospel because he trusted God. How can he live in that freedom? It's because of the primacy of Christ in his life. And we see it in this famous verse in verse 21. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, Paul is saying, for me to live is Christ. If I were to go on living, then I would serve Christ. I would proclaim Christ. I would share Christ. I would live Christ. And if I die, I get to be with Christ. No matter what happens to me, Paul is saying, it's all about Jesus. No matter what happens to me, it is Christ. And you see, nothing they could take from Paul would remove that primacy. There was nothing more important than Paul, for Paul than Christ. And so they could take his freedom. They could take his resources. They could take away his career. They could take away all those things that he loved, but they couldn't take away what was most important, what defined his life, the purpose of his life is Christ. You see, you and I have an option, don't we? Every one of us completes that sentence. For me to live is what? Well, for some, it's for Christ. But others might say, for me to live is money. For me to live is family. For me to live is relationships. For me to live is career. For me to live is pleasure or entertainment or relaxing. For me to live is reputation. We can fill that in and however we want, but here's the thing, every one of those things are all gifts from God, and every one of those things cannot be ultimate because they will let us down. If for me to live is career, then what happens the day that I retire? I feel like my life is over. For me to live is family, but what happens when there's discord and brokenness in family? 
what happens when somebody dies or moves away. For me to live are my possessions, but what happens when there are floods or fires like we're experiencing across our country right now and we lose those things? You see, Jesus is the only one that can give us true security. And it's when, for, when we live for Christ, all of those other things fall into their rightful place in our lives. And we live in genuine freedom. How do you answer that phrase? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. See, every single person on the planet has an opportunity to answer it that way. There's only one person who has lived who cannot and would not answer that way, and it's Jesus. Have you ever thought about that? What would Jesus say to that statement, for me to live is what? Now, Jesus didn't use that phrase, but he did use other phrases like, I have come so that. Jesus said, I have come so that for me to live is to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said, I have come so that, or for me to live, is that you may have life and have it abundantly. You see, what Jesus said was, for me to live is you, and to die is for you. Nothing else that we can put primary in our lives can ever do that for us. It's only Jesus. Jesus said, for me to live is for you, and to die is for you so that you can live. What a great gift that is. See, that gives us the freedom, the compulsion to say, for me to live is Christ. My heart was made for him. My life was made for him. You see, life isn't fair. And the good news is that life isn't fair. As the psalmist said in Psalm 103, verse 10, For God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. You see, life isn't fair because God has blessed us with his grace, with his love, and with his freedom. God wants to set you free. And Jesus said that when the Son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. Will you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you. Thank you that you turn undesirable, difficult challenges into gold. And Lord, we may not see it in the moment. We, you invite us to cry out and to call out to you and to express our hearts. But in those moments, help us to see your spirit at work in our lives, through our lives, all around us, creating gold and beauty and wonder. And God, help us to live free. Help us to live free as we declare, not just with our lips, but with the depths of our hearts, for me to live is Christ, because you live for us. 
And to die is gain because you died for us and you rose for us. Lord, set us free today in Jesus' name. Amen. St. James is a Presbyterian church located in Littleton, Colorado. Find us on the web at www.sjprez.org or email us at contact at sjprez.org.